Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our interview with the writer and director of Humor Me, Sam Hoffman. All right. What's going on? I need to make a change, Nate. You've stopped taking care of yourself. You're getting fat. not getting that fat. You still don't have an ending. They were burned alive. These people were all, um... Still working out on this. I think it's better if we don't work together anymore. We're closed. Big line. Nareed left me. Was it unexpected? Uh, no, we planned it a year in advance. Call Dad, he's got that spare room. I'm not staying with Dad. Hi, Dad. What do you think of the place? It's, uh, beige. I can't believe you've never been here before. How long have you been working on this one? Not long. Four years. Maybe Nate's blocked. He's not being productive. Good news, I found you a job. This is where you're going to work. Am I getting paid for this? Your father has garnished your wages in lieu of rent. Dad, I'm an award-winning playwright. I'm open to other ideas. Welcome to the Cranberry Bog Players. This is Dee and Helen and Gert and that's Allison. We're getting ready for our next show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. I'm Daniel Howitt, and I have a very special guest joining us today. Sam Hoffman created the web series Old Jews Telling Jokes, which later became a book and then a play. And before that, Hoffman had a very successful career in film, assistant directing a number of major projects, Royal Tenenbaum, School of Rock, Groundhog Day. He currently produces and directs the TV show Madam Secretary, but most recently, and the reason we're here is that he wrote and directed the movie Humor Me, starring Jermaine Clement and Elliot Gould. Sam, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, this Humor Me is a father-son comedy about a struggling playwright who's forced to move in with his joke-telling dad in a New Jersey retirement community. Uh, Sam, I really enjoyed the film. It was a great project. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. So this was your uh, feature writing and directing debut, is this a project that you've been sitting on for a while, or is it maybe a more recent idea? Um, yeah, I no, I haven't been sitting on it. I've been, it, it, I've been, it's been gestating and in the in the works for probably. Oh, it takes a while to get these things going. I was, I started writing it probably in around 2011, and I started actively trying to get it made probably around 2014. Okay. Um, but it took a couple of years to get it actually cast and financed and going. We shot it in 2016, and now it's arriving in the theaters in 2018. Right, right. Awesome. And and there seems to be some obvious connective tissue uh, between Humor Me and Old Jews Telling Jokes. Is there? Do you almost see this as kind of an adaptation uh, of, of, of some kind? No, I would say it's more in, inspiration than adaptation sure. because, um, you know, Old Jews Telling Jokes was kind of like, you know, it was in a weird way, sort of like a documentary and ethnological sort of like project. Right. Um, and then the the guys who did the play with me, uh, Dan Okren and Peter Gethers, they they took the material that we had uh, put together on the website and and made it into kind of like a review for for the for the off Broadway play. But 
that, I don't think any of that really sort of like sustains as a as a motion picture. That's why sure. I, I think of it more of an inspiration, mostly for for Elliot Gould's character, uh, but also for some of the themes uh, sure. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, jokes are obviously a huge uh, huge theme of the film. It opens with with Bob dramatically telling one of his jokes. Um, and, and Elliot Gould, of course, the, a legend, uh, I mean, what was it like working with such great talent? Well, you know, it, the thing about being a, a director, uh, um, is that the, the more talented people you surround yourself with, the, the better you look. <laughs> right. So, um, I, you know, it was, so to answer your question, it was great working with, um, such talented people because they were constantly making my ideas and my material and my plans uh, better with their ideas and what they brought to it. So um, I I loved it. It was a it was a joy every day. Yeah, I mean you can definitely tell that uh, Gould was was loving the role. It's it's a perfect role for him. Uh, this kind of goofy joke telling guy. Um, and it's great for Jermaine as well. Um, I loved his character. Uh, and it seemed like he really had fun because it's both a funny character, but also, you know, pent up uh, emotion and, and lost his wife and all this stuff. And um, I thought he really nailed it. Was Jermaine somebody you had in mind for a long time or was it just kind of a did it just kind of happen? No, Jermaine was somebody that I always really liked um, and I always kind of was a big fan of his work. I was, I loved him in flight of the Concords. I loved him in Eagle versus shark. Yeah. Um, I, I always kind of felt like Jermaine was the kind of guy where you kind of can't keep your eyes off of him. You're like, he's got a certain magnetism. He's got kind of a real kind of offbeat sort of, uh, hands. He's handsome, but kind of in a not like traditional way. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's like really smart and that kind of comes across and his humor is like very dry and I don't know, I just always kind of loved him. And so when he expressed an interest in the part, I got, I got really excited and we met. And, you know, I said, well, what do you, how, are you gonna, can you do an American accent? And he said, well, I never have. And, and so that became like a little bit of a thing we had to deal with because sure. I didn't really, the character is kind of a New York character. It didn't feel right for him to be somebody from New Zealand, you know. So right. we had to figure that out. But he was really a sport and he, he, he learned how to speak an American accent. I think he was. I think he was mimicking me at times. <laughs> um, but, but he did great. You know, I think he, yeah. he, I think he really pulls it off in the movie. Yeah, like and like I said, it, and, you it, know, Jermaine's like. Well, it's Jermaine. It's interesting because like Jermaine and Elliot, like they're both really great uh, performers, but they're very different. And I think part of it is that they're very different parts of their career. You know, Jermaine is like a guy you know in the middle of his career, and and Elliot is a man who's you know done it all. Right. And um, so Jermaine is a guy who like will he would he would do he'll do like he would do it all night if he could like just because he's always got a different thing he wants to try like you could do a hundred you could do like Kubrick level takes with Jermaine and he would right. not care like he <laughs> he would do a hundred takes of like you know looking at a computer and like you know just talking to a computer just because he, he he's has fun with it and there's yeah. always something new he wants to try whereas like Elliot and this is true of you know I've worked with a fair amount of older actors and more mature actors Elliot you know does it a couple times and he nails it and he's like okay let's move on right you know so it's kind of funny when the two of them are are in the same frame together (laughs) because you have to sort of like 
figure out how to manage the way both of them like to work. Right. Right. I mean, and you can tell uh, everything you said about Jermaine, you can tell that on screen. I mean, uh, I, I, the my favorite scene in the movie is is when he is fending off the advances of Helen and it leads to the Vespa chase and all that. And, and it really you can tell that he's having fun. Uh, with the role, uh, even even because like I said, there's the funny parts and the and the the deeper emotions underneath. Uh, yeah, he was fantastic, and the supporting cast here is excellent. Um, you have Ingrid yeah. Michaelson making her acting debut. How did how did that kind of come about? You know, I was listen- I was actually writing the screenplay, uh, and one of her songs came on, uh, like at one of the streaming services, and I thought, wow, who is this Ingrid Michaelson? She like the tone of the song was like so melancholy yet still kind of hopeful. Right. You know, and I was like, that's, that, that's kind of a nice tone for this movie. I wonder who this Ingrid Michaelson is. And I started watching her videos and I, I kind of like, you know, was started really becoming enamored with her. Like she's so beautiful. She's so charismatic and um, she's so talented and she's so natural, you know? Right. And so I just, I sent her a note. You know, hey, wanna? Do you want? Are you interested in acting? And is this something you'd consider? Also, the part is a musician, you know, and yeah. I kind of felt like getting a real musician in there would be useful, you know. And she, uh, she really, she was great, you know. And she brought a lot to the table. She brought a lot to the character, and I, I loved her performance. Yeah, she was excellent. Uh, so, is that something you do? Do you listen to music a lot as you're writing, getting, getting in the right? Uh, mood and tone as you're as you're working on your projects yeah sometimes I mean a lot of times it's like you know you'll be writing and you you think there might be a good music cue at the time and so you want to like listen to that song or that sort of type of music to think of about how the feel of the scene might be right um you know a lot of times you don't end up getting the song that you imagined when you were writing it but it still gives you a, it gives you something to kind of like push against in terms of tone, in terms of mood. Right. Yeah. Uh, tell me about some of your other inspirations as you were writing. Were there some films or or other pieces of art that kind of inspired specifically this film? Um, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I always like really like those Mike Nichols movies that, um, like back in the day of Carnal Knowledge. Yeah. where they weren't really comedies or dramas, and but they weren't like dramedies, you know what I mean? They were like both comedies and dramas, yeah. you know? And, and because that's what life is, and that's, that's actually like reality. Reality is that there are funny moments and there are sad moments, and that's kind of how we get through it. And I sort of, those, those, the tones of those movies, I think, was always like an inspiration to me. Yeah. Um, there's a little sequence in the movie, and maybe you can guess what it is that I was like was my. You know, I've done four movies with Wes Anderson, and so there was there was a little sequence in the movie that I kind of think of as my Wes sequence. Uh, you know. Well, there the, the shot during the Vespa golf uh, cart chase from the sky looked very kind of Wes Anderson. Was that is that what you're referring uh, to? No, actually, it's no. It's actually the. I mean, although you're right. Um, no, it's actually the little montage where he's describing the um, the community. Oh yes, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And because like Wes really likes to do tracking shots with with um, uh, with sort of 
whip pans. Yes. With, yeah. with 90 degree whip pans. And so that was my sort of like West montage because it was always, it was all sort of like long, fast, horizontal tracks with right. that ended on whip pans. You know, and, but the, of course, that's just like a sort of a technical nod to Wes. Yeah. Um, but, so, but he definitely had a little, a little influence there. And, um, you know, I think that when, when the, the old, the, 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 the Jewish humor and the culture of like old Jews telling jokes definitely had a seeping infiltration in terms of the, the storytelling and the tone of the, of the community. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as far as the jokes go that, that Bob tells, so he, uh, you, you kind of act out the jokes that he's telling in black and white sequences. Um, how did that idea, is that something you always wanted to do in this, in this piece, or did you kind of go back and forth? No, that was, a, that was part of my kind of original concept was that there would be four jokes, you know, one at the beginning and one at sort of like the sort of act end, first act end, one at the middle and one at the second act mm -hmm. end that would act as sort of signposts, but also be like, um, I wanted them to sort of like be commentary on the A story. Right. So they're the subtext of the jokes, not, not necessarily the text of the jokes, but the subtext of the jokes is actually sort of like a Greek chorus on what, Jermaine's character, the protagonist, is going through. Right. Um, and, you know, he, so, so they go from, like, the first one's emasculation, the second one is not, you know, not fitting in, the third one is um, Desert Island, and the fourth one is trying to reconnect with his dad. You know, that's the, right. sort of, like, the subtext of the four jokes, and they, they sort of, like, you know, shine back on the, on the, ace, on the ace story. Yeah. That's great. Um, if that if that if that comes across, oh no, definitely. Maybe it doesn't need to come across. Maybe it maybe it's just like there. No, I, no, I thought that was great because those are definitely unique pieces in the movie, um, and so they definitely stand out. That's great. Um, you mentioned uh, little bits of inspiration here and there from you know your work with Wes Anderson. Were there any other you know you've you've worked on so many legendary projects and with when with fantastic directors as an assistant director? Were there anything or and as a producer? Were, were, was there anything else that maybe inspired you in some way on this film? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, I did a, I did a, a movie with Woody Allen. It wasn't one of one of the movies in in Woody's kind of canon that's going to be um, known as like one of one of the great Woody Allen films. It was called Curse of the Jade Scorpion. But um, I, I definitely took away a lot from working with Woody in terms of you know letting le, working with the actors and how how his camera interacts with the actors and I like there were a few pieces that I'd sort of thought of as sort of Woody Allen blocking. Right. You know, um, there was also, I did a movie called the producers, uh, yeah. musical that Susan Stroman directed and Mel Brooks, of course, um, was sort of like the creative force behind. Yeah. And I, the, there, that, that sort of creative team helped me out a lot with the, uh, the Mikado stuff because Susan, right. One of Susan's um, people, uh, James Gray, came and choreographed that whole sequence for me. And so that's sort of definitely, I definitely took a lot away from Susan Stroman and how she, you know, blocks musical comedy in the way that we did um, the uh, Mikado sequence. So, yeah, like I bought, I took little bits and pieces from everywhere that I, that I worked. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and of course, B.B. Newworth and Eric Bergen were in the movie because yeah. I knew them from, from Madam Secretary. Right, right. And and yeah, you, uh, speaking of, of some of the other supporting cast, uh, the, 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 so many of the supporting cast are great. Willie Carpenter uh, gets so many great laughs in this movie. Uh, he is hilarious in his role. Uh, and, and the of course, the, the kind of quartet of, of women in the Mikado are, are all excellent. Um, was was casting casting their roles, getting these these kind of quirky uh, older retirees. Was that a difficult process? You know, a little bit difficult, but like, but joyful because you know Paul Schnee, who was our casting director, brought in great people, and New York has a depth of just these amazing actors. And you find somebody like, for example, I mean, obviously. Annie Potts, who played right. Ingrid's mother in the movie, is you know famous and and wonderful. But you know you may not know Rosemary Prince, who plays Gert, and who is you know eighty seven years old. Yeah. Um, but Rosemary Prince was like a was a big soap opera star in her day. You know, for, I think she was on one of the soaps for twenty years. Wow. You know, as a regular, and she came out and she sang and she danced at eighty seven. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just amazing, and she was funny, and her comic timing was, I thought, terrific. Oh, for sure. Yeah, all of their comic timing was was fantastic there. So especially my my favorite was was Helen, uh, played by I, Helen. Yeah. Yes. La Planche Durand. Yes, she was fantastic. I, I already mentioned yeah. the best scene hitting on Jermaine's character. Uh, just no, I fantastic. loved her. I loved her. She was wonderful. And you know, the funny thing is, you know. This is, I mean, I first worked with her on a movie. I was a PA on a movie called Awakenings, a Penny Marshall movie called Awakenings yeah. when I first started in New York. And LaClanche Durand was, on, was in that movie. And I, so I've, I've kind of known her for, for a really, really long time. But it, so it was funny to have her come be in the movie. But she was not, like when I wrote the movie, I sort of like envisioned this sort of like simmering sex pot. And it wasn't that's not who she is right yet she made the role interesting and she made it her own and she made it real and she made it funny and i i think she just does a terrific job in the movie and and i love how she rounds out that character just with her humanity yeah yeah i thought she was wonderful so you've got a, a lot going on. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, you, you produce and have directed episodes of Madam Secretary. Uh, this film is, is coming out, releasing in New York uh, on January 12th and in L.A. on January 19th. Are there any other projects on the horizon for you that you're able to talk about? Yeah, I'm cooking up some interesting stuff, but I'm, I'm maybe going to like not talk so much about it. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I understand that. <laughs> no worries at all. Uh, well, but, but, soon, but soon I'll talk more about it. But there, awesome. there are some interesting things cooking. Well, we definitely uh, are going to be on the lookout for those. Uh, Humor Me is great. Like I said, it comes out in, in New York Appreciate on January 12th and L.A. on January 19th. Uh, and and then, also it comes out in Florida. Oh, too. does not, it? Not a lot long yet. Yeah, it's going to come out in Florida and South Carolina. It comes out on the 19th and the 26th. Uh, all over sort of South Florida. So anybody who's got like a grandmother or an aunt <laughs> or a, even a parent who's in the Boca or Delray or Fort Lauderdale region for the winter could go check it out and uh, probably stay at the mall for 
like an early bird special dinner. There you go. I, I've got grandparents right in Sarasota, so they'll I'll make Perfect. sure to tell them to, to go check it out. they got to drive east. There you go. Uh, awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. This was a, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and, uh, and thanks for the movie. It was great. Okay, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. I'm Daniel. You can find me on Twitter at HowitDK. You can follow Next Best Picture on Twitter at Next Best Picture and download the podcast on iTunes and pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thanks again to our guest, Sam Hoffman, and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.